Hello and thank you for listening. I am so excited to say that I now have a Patreon that you can go to. I'll make sure I include the information in the show notes. But I have multiple tiers you can choose from. $1, $3, and $5 tiers. The $1 Spooky Soul tier gives you access to an online Discord community that is filled with fellow spooky souls. If you want to talk about creepy, cozy things, you might be interested in that. The $2 Cryptid Creature tier lets you have that online community, as well as giving you early access to episodes, bonus content, and secret bonus content. And the $5 Kachu Cuddler tier, named after my fluffy, squish-faced kitty, lets you have that online community, early access to episodes, and the bonus material, but it also lets you suggest future episodes and I'll shout out your name during each episode. Thank you so much for your listenership and support, and I can't wait to talk to you more soon. Hello, and welcome to Creepy Core and Folklore, the show about creatures, encounters, old tales, and myths. I'm your host, Iona Wayland a dark fantasy author, mental health professional, and overall curious person. I want to join other spooky souls and hear about these unusual stories. Okay, spooky soul, this is not a drill. We are, I'm going to do something a little differently this time because we have non-confirmation confirmation of extraterrestrial life. I'm just kidding. I will chill um, in a second. It's more so that I read this article by NPR um, and it's all about, as you're probably already aware of, that there was this public hearing um, and I wanted to dive into it with you because I, my imagination was running away with me. My logical reasoning was gone. <laughs> I shared it in the Discord, my teeny little Discord that I have right now. Um, if you want to join, consider being a Patreon. But um, was like, okay, well, here are some things that I'm noticing from the article. Thank you, Justin for keeping me (laughs) grounded and not abducted by extraterrestrial life. Um, But I I did go into this hyperfixation mode where I researched a bunch of personal um, descriptions of abductions, uh, UAP or UFO sightings, and that's going to be in a future episode probably soon-ish. But, um, and I know that's been one of the things that's been suggested, but right now we're just going to go through this article and I'm going to kind of talk about some of the things that come up for me uh, during different sections as I read through it. Okay, so as of this recording, this NPR.org article was just written like three days ago. Um, So, because I like doing things early. I'm an early bitch for sure. But uh, it's written by Vanessa Romo and Bill Chappell or Chappelle. Um, And it's talking about how there were these three military veterans that testified in Congress's hearing on UFOs uh, this past Wednesday. And this included former Air Force intelligence officer, um, who said that this was a multi-decade reverse engineering program of recovered vessels that he's been operating in and helping with within the government. 
Um, And he said, and this is the part where my mind just like blew up. (laughs) He said that the U.S. has recovered non-human, quote, biologics from the alleged crash sites. So I'm thinking, okay, wow, goosebumps are rising. Emotions are high. We've got crash sites. We've got biologics. What does this mean? And so I went into hyperdrive and basically made up what it meant in my mind instead of looking at this article logically. But join me on this emotional and logical endeavor (laughs) so that we can, you can watch my process of me having both reactions and then marrying the two at the end. I mean, at least that's when I'm trying to be emotional and logical at the same time. Um, So a lot of the discussion was uh, looking at improving the process for reporting unidentified aerial phenomena, um, which is so it was UFO, so unidentified flying object. Then it was changed to unidentified aerial phenomena. And this is where I felt like my stomach was in my throat because then the military term for it Uh, Instead of unidentified aerial phenomenon, phenomena, it's unidentified anomalous phenomena to account for, this is where I'm flipping out, to account for the sightings in both the air and the water. You know how I feel about water and our oceans and how fucking scary they are. Terrifying, horrifying places. We can barely go under the depths to a certain extent and the depths of the ocean are far greater than the top of Mount Everest. I, I like I do not like the ocean at all. And the fact that they had to change this <laughs> to account for vessels that they've retrieved from the ocean made me lose my ever loving shit. So I posted this in our discord and I was already flipping out because I got to the ocean part and I was like, absolutely not. I am petrified there are aliens or I should say extraterrestrial because side note, side note, I'm going to be trying and hopefully doing better about saying extraterrestrial because um, alien refers to an immigrant or it's a type of immigration term. It's not really great. It's looked upon poorly. And there are people who are considered aliens today. And I do not want to lump human beings into a terminology that others them more than what people have already been struggling with. So extraterrestrial it is ET for short. Okay, so there's apparently, according to this testimony, there's been a lot of stigma for aviators who report these UAPs. Um, Anything that they've captured on camera or just relatively saw, like just on their everyday thing or special missions or whatever, there is this stigma, apparently, that follows them where it kind of tells them not to report anything. Um, I think that's a great idea. Um, whether they're seeing um, otherworldly things or they're seeing other types of, um, I don't know, like just objects from other countries or aerial devices they're not sure what it is or anomalous devices in the ocean. Um, But all of these things is like, I, I feel like, and I could be wrong in saying this, but something that seems to be looked down upon is not knowing something. So like if you see something and you don't know what it is, 
it's there's like sometimes there will be this shame feeling of like, well, I should have known or I should know or I will sound stupid if I ask this question or whatever. I personally struggle with this at times. I'm much better about it now that I'm an adult. I remember struggling with this the most when I was like a preteen and teenager because there was this like, oh, you don't know anything about the world. And then I was like, I know everything. And it was a very bad concoction there because not only should curiosity and questioning be fostered, that's also a resiliency factor in a human brain. Like as a human, if you're curious and investigative and you take care of yourself in that way, as long as you're not doing anything dangerous, that's a really cool type of skill to have or interest to have. Anyway, I love the destigmatization of questioning or reporting things. I think that should happen no matter what, whether we're talking about extraterrestrials or potentials of them or not. But anyway, so retired Major David Grush or Grush um, went from being a part of the Pentagon's UAP task force but then he became a whistleblower and he told the House Oversight Committee's National Security Subcommittee that he had been denied access to some of the government UFO programs, um, but that he knows the, quote, exact location of UAPs in the U.S. possession, end quote. So uh, the article includes how you can watch this testimony on YouTube. I have not done so because I will lose my mind. I'm already hyped up about this right now. <laughs> Um, so this, there, this obviously had a lot of public interest and there was a lot of the the fact that this was a public hearing was very odd. Um, the article says how there was like political pressure and federal military agencies have shared a trove of information about unexplained aircraft encounters. I don't know if you remember this, but last year there was video evidence that finally had been in like the vaults long enough, whatever that is, that they were able to release it because they never figured out what the things were. But the there, there were like pill-shaped objects that could kind of seemingly defy gravity and physics. Um, there were saucer type objects and there were things that could disappear and reappear. reappear. Those are wild if you want to give them a look. I'll try and include the um, compilation of them in the show notes, uh, if I can find that again. But some of the things, and this is what Justin brought up. Thank you, Justin, for being a, <laughs> a normal human being with a logical reasoning skills. <laughs> he brought up that this could mean kind of anything. So, and that's something that later on in the article they talk about, where there may be aircraft encounters or sea craft encounters, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are extraterrestrial. They are just unidentified. And just because someone is reverse engineering something, it doesn't mean that they're reverse engineering biologics. Um, it, it could also mean that they found a piece of technology from another country or continent or whatever, and that they, you know, us as the United States don't have the ability to use this or we don't know exactly what it is, but we will reverse engineer to keep up with and be able to compete with the drones or aircrafts or spacecrafts or whatever that we have collected. Some of the examples they uh, suggested would be um, pedestrian origin of technology um, that would mean like uh, a civilian like anybody can kind of come up and invent their own thing and maybe that was something that was collected 
weather balloons, which I'm, I don't know. I feel like I've heard a lot about weather balloons. I don't totally understand how they work. So if you know, and you can explain them to me, I don't, I don't understand them. And I also don't understand there's like, there was that huge weather balloon conspiracy last year that I was like really not understanding. So, you know, that's included in this article, drones, airborne trash, I could totally see that, or birds. And if you think about it, this is something my husband brought up. Let's say that there was an aircraft that crashed into a bird or a marine animal, um, and that marine animal died at the crash site or something, or whatever, uh, or that bird fell from the sky, you would collect that. And that's biological matter, but it is non-human biology. I can't say that biologics. This is so embarrassing. Whenever I, my previous major was um, chemistry and biology minor, but here I am unable to say biologics. It's fine. (laughs) Bear with me here. But apparently on Wednesday, when this hearing was going on, it's still going on, but um, the Defense Department spokeswoman, Susan Goh, it looks kind of like, or it might be Goff. I'm saying these names completely wrong. Um, It's spelled G-O-U-G-H, issued a statement uh, saying that the Pentagon's inquiries had not turned up, quote, any verifiable information to substantiate claims that any programs regarding the possession or reverse engineering of extraterrestrial materials have existed in the past or exist currently, end quote. So that tells me if I stop fantasizing about the other life forms that could be out there and um, you know, ready to visit us humble earthlings. Um, it does sound like even though they've looked into it, this person might be whistleblowing a whole bunch of other things that might be unethical or no, not reported on before, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they've found, uh, you know, proof or um, intrigue into extraterrestrial devices or biologics. I don't know why I insist on staying biologics if I struggle with it so much. It was also brought up how a lot of the people with direct knowledge of the UAP program uh, are still working within it in the government um, and or are uh, con- consultants for it. And so they are not necessarily able to report on anything. And that um But at the same time, this is where I get a little confused because I'm thinking, okay, but didn't the guy who was testifying before, I thought that like, I think his name was Grush, 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 um, that he hasn't personally seen any alien vehicles or alien bodies um, and that his opinions are based on the accounts of over 40 witnesses he interviewed over four years in his role with the UAP task force. So now I'm kind of, if I really think about it, it's kind of like, yes, um, he sounds like he has a lot of knowledge. I think it's very brave of him to be a whistleblower. I love that he is taking his the strides to report on things that are might be dangerous, even if they're not extraterrestrial uh, or, quote, alien. However, um, it kind of sounds like it's him. It almost, it reminds me of reporting where like he might 
feel like he has enough and he might uh, information from people within the UAP program, but he himself didn't experience it. So there's going to be that degree of separation. Although then I flip flop. See, now I flip flop back over to but these are over 40 witnesses. And he collected this information over four years. I mean, testimony is important. And are we supposed to just negate all 40 testimonies? Like, I don't understand. So I'm just so conflicted about what this could mean, even if it's not otherworldly, even if it's just human related. I I really am curious to know what this is about. He also went forward and mentioning because this is part of the whole like, let's destigmatize people coming forward. There's no such thing as a perfect witness. But then on top of that, he tries to um, garner some respect and rapport for people that he interviewed, although he didn't like name them, at least not from what I can say, which helps with their anonymity. Um, he also said that like, these individuals have a long standing track record of quote, legitimacy and service to this country, many of whom also shared compelling evidence in the form of photography, official documentation, and classified oral testimony, end quote. And so this evidence has been apparently intentionally kept secret from Congress. And that's where I wonder if maybe that's a little unconstitutional. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not familiar with how the governmental body works exactly. So it does, it, it makes me wonder about the secrecy. And it also makes me wonder why this was allowed to be public. Maybe it needs to be to, I don't know. But then the article goes on to say that there are some times where there's this sensitive information um, during questioning and that he could only elaborate in an SCIF, a sensitive compartmented information facility. I swear to God, if there's one more acronym, I'm going to flip out. (laughs) But basically, he had to say it secretly. But then there are some times where he said, like, he could not comment on something, like at all. So... But then it's really concerning that when he had to uh, separate himself from the public um, platform that he was like the the jurisdiction that he was within and separate himself and only talk about it in the sensitive compartmented information facility, we're during two instances. One of them, see, this is I have goosebumps again. Okay, so one of them is when they asked if the government has had any contact with aliens and whether anyone had been murdered to cover up information about, quote, extraterrestrial technology, end quote. And he said that he could not comment. That is creepy. That is creepy. And he also said, as like a former intelligence officer, mind you, Um, that he and several other colleagues were the targets of, quote, administrative terrorism, end quote, and that he's feared that he would be killed or murdered, Um, like his his life would be at stake. Um, So that is super scary as well. Something else that this article goes into is that UAP sightings are not rare or isolated. I thought that was a really cool subheading within this. And it talks about all the different testimonies, especially from like fighter pilot, uh, like this um, fighter pilot Ryan Graves and retired commander David Fravor um, and their encounters with aircraft of an unexplained origin. But also they go on to say that just because they're talking about doesn't mean that a bunch of their comrades weren't able to talk like didn't see the same thing too like there's lots and lots of witnesses and I thought that was interesting because the way 
extraterrestrial accounts are kind of reported online or in some of the testimonies I'm reading, it's this like rural setting and there's no proof of it. And people are really freaked out, but no one believes them. And how can they prove their story? Kind of like Bigfoot-esque to me, where it's just like, okay, well, there's really nothing out there, but we're just going to like humor you kind of thing. Or maybe there is, but yours isn't enough to say definitively that there are um, extraterrestrials visiting Earth. But it also is interesting, too, because this is saying that apparently it's not uncommon and that lots of people have that experience. But something that this awesome article covers are stigma, how difficult it is to come forward, surprise, and what was shared in this public testimony. Um, There were people that were apparently like gasping from the back room and that people were shocked to hear about um, non-human biologics. And it's also interesting, too, because it seems like there's been this push to report this and that this man has come forward about being more transparent. I thought that was really, really brave of him and the other people who testified, because something that people have always wanted is for our representatives to be very transparent. Um, But then also on the flip side, I can see why some things need to remain under wraps so it doesn't cause mass hysteria. There's a lot going on. So I'm just thankful that I could have this, (laughs) this, uh, I thought by the end of me talking to you about it, I would feel more settled, but I don't, um, there it's a roller coaster. Um, so thank you for the ups and downs and the back and forths of my reaction to this article. I'm definitely going to include this article in the um, show notes below. If you want to read through it, maybe you've been seeing things that I'm not really taking into account because I'm still flipping out about the ocean's depth and I can't even handle the new information coming out. Um, I'd love to hear your take on it. Thank you again, Justin, for talking me through it and sharing some of your questionings about it and your logical reasoning with it. I love that. And thank you for going with me on this article journey because this was really, really cool. I know by the time it comes out, it'll be a bit later, but um, I appreciate it. Maybe by then there will be more information that came forward. So I'm looking forward to that. Thank you for listening and I will talk to you next week. Thanks to all you spooky souls out there for listening to Creepy Core and Folklore. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok if you're looking for more uncanny content. If you have your own tales to tell, you can email creepycoreandfolklore at gmail.com. If you liked this, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts, or tell a friend who might enjoy these stories to spread the word. If you're interested in dark fantasy, check out my Hollowverse series. Ashes is available now in paperback and ebook on Amazon and audiobook on Audible, and the sequel is underway. I'm Iona Wayland, and I'll see you next time.